Broadcasting live from a sweet Kamigawa swamp. <laughs> On the plane of Kamigawa, I guess. This is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome, everybody, to Tap Tap Concede. Check out those cool basics. My name is Graham, and joining me, as ever, is Cameron. Hi. And Nelson. Also here. And today we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff while we wait for more Kamigawa spoilers. Yeah. If you see some Kamigawa spoilers and you're like, I want to get some of them, hop on over to cardkingdom.com slash LRR. They're a great place to buy your magic cards, and we continue to recommend them because they're good folks, and they have very fast shipping and customer and great customer service. And if you tell them Loading Radio Run sent me a button, please, they'll give you a little one-inch button, which I have been misrepresenting recently. I thought it was a reprint of your brainstorming wrong because someone wrote it down wrong in the spreadsheet. It's actually your brainstoning wrong because of the card, the brainstone, in Modern Horizons 2. Brainstoning wrong. Mm. You're brainstoning wrong. Yeah. As far as I can tell from deck lists I've looked at, including brainstone is the first mistake you may have made. <laughs> is that just like a personal attack to Wheeler or? It is now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm so <laughs> sure. That... <laughs> ben Wheeler, you heard it here. This card must have its place. Like I, 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 I want to disagree with myself entirely. I just wanted to make the joke. Cause this card seems like it's cool, but it is kind of expensive. So maybe mm -hmm. just for that reason, I don't know. Commander only. Is it in any modern decks? I have no idea. Not a clue. Okay. okay. Uh, so yeah, we're going to hit on a bunch of different topics today um, because yeah, there aren't any actual official um, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty spoilers out um, beyond what we've already discussed. There's a couple leaks, I think. I honestly haven't been paying that close attention. But uh, yeah, everyone's in the in the sort of the uh, treading water mode in terms of um, <laughs> in terms of magic content. Sorry, we uh, uh, we were talking before we came uh, online that uh, Paul was looking at the uh, it was the, the the magic subreddit. And someone had a had a thread that was like, does anyone ever uh, skull clamp their pets? You know, like put your hand like on your pet's head, like your dog or cat's head in the manner of a skull clamp. And one of the comments was just like, boy, I can't wait for spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's like, wow, we have nothing to talk about. Huh? <laughs> it's like, Do you ever grab your pet? Yeah, I guess. Sure. Could we talk about magic, please? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, first up, let's, because um, he said it would be brief, I guess, which I don't know if that means a good thing or a bad thing. Nelson, what, uh, uh, when we recorded last time, it was the Sunday or day two of the Alchemy Arena Open, which you were going to be participating in. Mm -hmm. And so that's now happened. We're recording this, by the way, for those who enjoy the edification of dates um, on Friday the 21st. So how'd that go? Real quick, I just want to thank all of our Patreon sponsors at patreon.com forward slash Logan Ray Run. We got on a tangent about Brainstone, which was my fault. And <laughs> I forgot about, I forgot about the I forgot about the Patreon shout out. Yeah, I appreciate I, that, Nelson. I thank wanna, you. I wanna thank them uh, for keeping the lights on, keeping us doing all we do here, even when there's only skull clamping your pet to talk about, really. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when we were on the last podcast, I was like in the middle of choosing my deck, and I did. I went with Mardu Dragons. I was discussing and like right. considering various options. You were like, I want to stick with dragons. Yeah, I definitely knew I was going to play dragons on the, on the second day, and you said something 
that turned out to be very foreboding Uh-oh. said, oh, it's eight round. Like you have to get up to eight wins for the oh, maximum right. amount of money. That's a lot of your day that you're going to be playing this. And I don't know if you know me, you like whine about this on the stream sometimes, or if you're familiar, I have two small children. I take care of them almost every day, um, or at least for some part of every day, pretty much, uh, except occasionally when I used to go to GPs back in the before times. But yeah, I didn't realize they were only going to give us, like, I didn't look, it's just blinking there right in front of you, but they only gave you 12 hours from like 6am Pacific when the event starts. Like you have two hours to sign up and then you only have another 10 hours after sign up window is done. You can start playing right away, but 12 hours total to get your games in. And I, I managed to fit two matches in the afternoon. I went one and one, and then I thought I was going to finish the games up after bedtime, which for me is like around 6, 7 p.m. PST uh, when I can kind of get my kids down. And then I, I booted up the stream. <laughs> it was like a Sunday night. And oh, no. I, and then I booted up Arena. I was like, all right, let's play some. Oh, and like the event had just ended. It just like pops up. I was like, here's your 5,000 gems. Like you can have your entry feedback. And I was like, oh, which is such a bad feeling. Like it's, I don't know. It's distinct, but close to as bad as like you know when you lose because it's partly your own fault and partly got really lucky like the, you know the worst imagine the worst like big tournament loss you, you can have it's like the sleep in loss or the like confusion or the show up to the wrong event hall mm-hmm. loss like the various ways that you don't get to play magic it's like when so, day two at a magic fest starts an hour earlier than day one did and so you sleep through yeah. it yeah yeah and you thought you read it right you know i this was my mistake i'm not trying to put this mistake on anyone else but they did change i believe like they they've changed the way that magic opens work certainly this one we talked about was more expensive and the prizes went a bit higher at the top end Mm -hmm. but i think they also shortened the window like i thought we had at least 14 or 18 hours to finish day two last time because i don't remember running into this problem i don't remember but i I believe you to to finish the games up after bedtime so i couldn't do that dad's out i don't know if i'll play the next arena open to be honest because i don't know if i'll be i'll have any more time on the have the time Sunday to do day two if you make it play yeah. day two yeah so that's my arena story i played only a guy i played marty dragons and i only ran into blue white uh keys to the archive teffrey who slows the sunset it's it's a control deck but it really kind of it revolves around these two cards like you get the keys we've talked about so you have some cool powerful spell from the strict saving archives and then uh teferi who slows the sunset can untap a land and an artifact. So he's hilariously like the cheapest Teferi yet. We used to have the five mana Teferi that untaps two lands. So it was like, it sneakily only costs three mana. And then there's the regular three mana Teferi that always costs three mana. And this new one costs four mana, but in this deck, you, the play pattern generally is that you untap three mana worth of stuff immediately when you cast it. And then you have huh. a counter spell and a fateful absence up. Okay, right, yeah. Priority. So Teferi who slows the sunset, this was from AFR. Mm-hmm. Wow, I forgot that this was in AFR. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like an AFR card at all. Yeah. Oh, no, it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Midnight Hunt. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Pardon okay. me. Newer than that. Okay. Right. It doesn't Pardon make more me. sense. Okay. Time. Still, I don't think I've ever really seen this card ever. Wolf was from AFR. It's, uh, yeah, two white blue for a four loyalty to fairy. Plus one. Choose up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, and up to one target land. Untap them. Uh... Untap the chosen permanents you control. Tap the chosen permanents you don't control. Oh, I see. So you can tap their stuff down. Yeah. You gain two life. Minus two. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand. The rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So that's what? Strategic planning? The card? E, uh, is it the top four, three? three? Then, yeah. And puts two in the graveyard yeah. in your hand. That is strategic planning. Yeah. Um, and then 
minus seven, you get an emblem with untap all permanents you control during each opponent's untap step, and you draw a card during each opponent's draw step. Well, that just seems silly. So yeah, I guess. So yeah, you're saying that with the plus one, if you're untapping a mana rock and a mana creature and a land, then Teferi only costs one mana. <laughs> No, it's the you don't need a creature. It's like a plays Doomscar, a Wrath of God kind of deck. You don't keep creatures on your side of the board. It's oh. just that the keys add two mana. So you have a soul ring. Key to the archive is the soul ring. Oh, okay. So you have a soul ring you untap and a land. So three mana worth of stuff. Right. Yeah. Key to the archive is so because I've been playing the arena cube and key right. to the archive is goofy. A reminder, uh, we talked about this last time, but um, four mana artifact enters tapped and uh taps for two mana in any combination of colors and then when it enters the battlefield um you draft a card from the um from the key to the archives spell book and then discard a card i think it's okay that we're bringing it up again it's like a, it's sort of the it girl right now it's getting played in historic and alchemy yeah um, and this is the one that um this is the one that is full of cards from the mystical archive so like counterspell and approach the second sun and like it's a bunch of i think each of them either involves two mana pips of the same color or two mana pips of explicitly different colors approach don't okay but anyway the point is yeah this helps you cast the cast the things yeah untapping key with teferi seems pretty powerful (laughs) Yeah, in the in the Teferi deck, like they can usually pick the you know if you have there's five favorite cards like they they usually either get Counterspell, Time War, Demonic Return or Demonic Tutor, um, Day of Judgment, or like maybe their worst option is going to be Electrolyze or Time Approach of the Second Sun, as you said. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they usually get something that fits with their Blue White Control game plan pretty well. Yeah. Cool. I've also, been playing this card in Historic in just uh, like Mono Brown Ramp strategy and the key to the archive card sometimes just gets thrown out in that deck because the the deck's plan doesn't care as much about all of those spells um it's just another copy of hedron archive essentially another uh mana rock that taps for two um which you use to ramp up to your like paradox um what's it called paradox engine plus uh either the ominous traveler or a sarah rack the arc lich from afr mm. Yeah, so that that's got some fun play patterns too. Neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I lost day two of the open because I didn't play my games. Well, fair enough. How did the game that you won go? Good. Yeah, I mean, the I think the Mardu Dragons or probably any of the Dragon strategies have like it felt like a fifty fifty against Blue Eye Control, which is nice. Like this this Alchemy matchup, I think, is probably a pretty common one. Mm-hmm. Um, the dragon deck we've talked about i don't think it's going anywhere like it's i don't think it's been ousted from its fairly high up seat in the meta and then there's also like a fast green deck that's very similar to the standard deck like that the green deck the modern green deck doesn't even get that much from alchemy in fact the eskis chariot's been nerfed but that deck is just still good like that's that's the kind of alchemy rebalancing showing its colors as being a success i think where you have like they get two cards or one some of them don't even play the three drop they just play the pup like they get this one one mana one two that gains you a life um it's not ferocious pup but something like that anyways so that the green decks don't get much from alchemy but they still just you know play rangers class on turn two and oh the one that sorry the one from crimson vow well, Crimson Vow Alchemy. It's it's an alchemy card. It's an uncommon though. One mana, one two 
green wolf that uh, pumps your next creature. Oh, that one. Tenacious Pup. Yes. Tenacious Pup. I'm sorry. I forgot its name. So cool. (laughs) It's me. I'm going to pump your next guy. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, 50, it's about 50, 50, I think in the, uh, in the blue white versus dragons match. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Neat. Um, also happening on Arena right now, if we want to talk about it, is the uh, the cube just ended. RIP, it's a whole bunch of my streamer friends uh, drafting cube yeah. right up until the last second. They're like finishing their matches after the queue has ended or whatever on their streams. Yeah. Um, instead of cube, we have the Mad Science event on now. Mm-hmm. Um, this allows you to play an alchemy deck. So it's the cards from alchemy, but with a caveat that you get that each player has an emblem that says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, amass X where X is that spells mana value. So this mm. is kind of like uh, Gisa and Geralt, Geralt's sort of playground, right? Like Geralt is going to be very good in this because he gives your zombie tokens flying. Um, so probably going to be a lot of blue decks, a lot of blue mirrors uh, yeah. going around with either white or white, black or red or red, white to, to pair with. And uh, yeah, the, I want to say about this event that it's a little frustrating to me. Just I want to talk about the structure of it. It's 2,000 mm-hmm. coins or 400 gems to get in. And then you only get coins and card styles back. It doesn't show you beforehand on the page. Maybe there's a link to see which 12 styles are available. Oh, I can tell you. Yes, yeah. okay, you can. It can show you right away. Dorothea, Eruth, Gerolf, Grolnok, Halana and Elena, Jacob Hauken, Katilda, Old Rutstein, Runo Stromkirk, Thalia, Torrens, and Toxrill. Okay, so like all legendary creatures, like yeah. Brawl Commanders, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if this is how you get your Brawl Commander, that's probably who we're kind of most appealing to because these aren't like card styles for strictly competitive cards. There's some good cards here. You know, Thalia gets played in lots of things, for example. Um, you've got to grind this thing out. And it's only play until you have two match losses. Um, I'm guessing it's best of one. But yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, it's just coins in coins out and you've like got to grind away at it and you can if say you're you're probably not going to get a duplicate card style but you've got to get 12 wins in it before you guarantee get the one you're looking for yeah you're only going to get your entry fee back if you do all four wins it's 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 four or two right and so yeah it's for zero wins you get a card style yeah for one you get two and 500 gold for two wins you get two cards and 1,000 gold for three wins, you get three cards and 1,500 gold. And only at four wins do you get more than 2,000, you get 2,500 gold and three card styles. So, oh, but okay. So you actually have to play it four times to, to like minimum four times if you want to guarantee it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, but you will always re- receive, receive, they say each, one. each, right. uh, each card style has an equal likelihood of being received, but you will always receive styles you do not yet own. So right. that's okay. nice, at least. I mean, paying 2,000 gold and then just resigning is, like, not even that bad versus the card styles in the store. So I guess it's, like, it's not a super expensive situation. It just, I don't know, it kind of irks me that, like, they made the Mad Science format, and then they also attached, like, these prizes, which seem to kind of more belong to Brawl. And it just kind of feels like a weird pairing. Mm. Um and this happens regularly, you know, the, the, the arena team has prizes that they want to give to people and events they want to run. And it's like, I don't know. I don't actually have the solution. I just, I look at the mad science event and I'm like, oh, cool. A different way to play magic. People will probably enjoy that just for the sake of the games. You would hope so. Mm-hmm. And it's paywalled. Like, I don't know. I just think 
this and brawl and um you know some of the other whenever the goofy ones come up it's like i just don't think it makes a lot of sense when you're gonna have a, a wildly different magic experience to also charge for it and make it a competition i think it'd make more sense if it was just like this was a midweek magic like where it's free and you can play mm. as much as you want but there's yeah. not very much prize either that's just my opinion but yeah hopefully that'll be fun for people mm-hmm. i'll I'll probably check it out. Yeah. I have like been drafting. Opt? <laughs> huh? Do you like casting opt? I don't hate it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't hate casting opt. Okay. I like opt. In I fact, one I of my we talked to a couple weeks yeah. ago. One of my favorite arts of uh, twenty twenty one was the um, the Japanese mystical archive. Oh, that's opt. right. Yeah. Really then good. I suppose you just play a lot of the uh, unsummon effects too. You're gonna that's what it. I did. Yeah, I, gra- I grabbed the Teferi deck I was I was talking about earlier, and just replaced the Wrath of Gods with Unsummons. So that's where <laughs> I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna start out in Mad Science. Sounds good. I have been drafting. Uh, I went back to do some Crimson Vow, uh, which has been going okay. I did enjoy Crimson Vow draft. I, I've I've enjoyed it more than Midnight Hunt. Hmm. Okay. Um, but man, last night I got I've I've haven't. Uh, flooded out so hard Ooh. on on arena in such a long time drag yeah it sucked <laughs> i mean hey it's it's magic but you know it's one of those ones where it's like you, you keep a i turned to kathleen i was like i kept a hand with four spells and three lands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and since then i've drawn eight lands <laughs> and it's like <laughs> It's like I I think I could have had a shot to win this game, but <laughs> that is uh, that is not great. Yeah, the, most of my decks not showing up. Oh well, uh, but yeah, I had a deck with uh, two heroes downfall and two bleed dry. Nice because mm-hmm. getting past very good black removal very late. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that said, um, yeah, no, I've been enjoying the um, I've been enjoying Crimson Vow certainly more than the Midnight Hunt, and I, and I didn't hate Midnight Hunt. We were talking on um, LRRMTG this week on the stream. We were uh, James and I were. Someone asked us. We were waiting for something to queue. I think it was, and we were like, "All right, quick, quick AMA while our opponent ropes us or so, something." I don't know what spawned it, but uh, there was a question of like, you know, what were your what was your favorite draft format from the past year? And I can't remember James's exact order, but I I agreed with it. And I'm trying to remember, trying to remember what it was. What was your favorite drafts of 2021? Because I think it, I think it was Strixhaven. This is for me. Strixhaven, Kaldheim, uh, AFR, Crimson Vow, Midnight Hunt. I think. I think I'd go Kaldheim, um, Crimson Vow, AFR. Midnight Hunt and then Strixhaven at the bottom. Interesting. Why is yeah. that? Yeah, I don't know. I found every deck in Strixhaven felt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just. It all felt very samey to me, mm. and I know that's not accurate, right? Because the Prismari deck was wild. Mm. Um. But I don't know. It it just didn't have a lot of variety. It not every deck felt the same. Every event felt very similar to me right i think that's partly a byproduct of learn lesson mm. like you going mm-hmm. through your draft trying to make sure you have an environmental sciences an on-color creature and something else always in your sideboard and every every school that you're in you're trying to make sure you have 
some number of learn cards to go get those so you have the extra added value and the like bonus spells are from a small pool right like sometimes someone has a mascot exhibition and blows you out hmm. but mostly they cast some kind of slightly over costed two or three drop and then they can go get a free land or they have a five mana four four and that's and so like th that play pattern happened a lot right um yeah no that that makes yeah. sense to me right that also i think like the blue green deck and the black white deck were a fair bit more popular so you probably ran into those decks hmm. you know like your opponent's doing kind of the same thing they're either trying to like aggro you out with either boros or black white and they have flyers or they're just trying to get like huge green tokens into play hmm. and those are kind of the two most common things and and I also think that the schools were pretty balanced. Like those, I, I said there was two that were most popular, but yeah, this, the draft set was pretty well balanced. So like each each draft match was pretty typically coming to a head at around the same time. I don't know. Those are my opinions on why Strixhaven might feel safe. Mm -hmm. well, I like, did a... it, it's odd because like Strixhaven and um, Crimson Vow, I both enjoyed, like what I enjoyed about them was that they were both fairly dynamic feeling. Mm. But I think Crimson Vow pulled it off much better than Strixhaven did. Mm -hmm. Right? They they both That's felt fair. aggressive, right? Like the um the Silver Quill decks came at oh, you pretty yeah. quickly. Um, I, 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 I did because Strixhaven was back for quick draft this past week, and I didn't realize until yesterday, because the new Playblade hides everything. And so I was like, oh, I gotta get some quick drafts of Strixhaven. Excuse me. I had to managed to clamp down on my microphone before I sneezed there. Hmm. Um, and this is the, I don't remember the name of it. The one mana O one that gets plus two plus two with Magecraft. Clever Lumamancer. Yeah. And I just got demolished. I just got absolutely dismantled by that. There was a while there where that was like a good standard deck. I was playing it until yeah. before Crimson Vow, but after, uh, yeah, after Midnight Hunt. Cause they were like, they did the two mana, they played they played that on one they played the stone rise spirit the like one two flyer on two on three they played sparring regimen which if you remember sparring regimen that's a great way to lose the game of magic <laughs> and then on four they did like the the one that gives it the 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 sorcery that gives a creature like plus two plus two and lifelink or, or two counters and lifelink expanded anatomy no, that's one of the lessons. This was oh, it's like one in a black. One in a black for yeah. What is that one called? Yeah, I it was remember. that and yeah. show of confidence, which then got copied. So the Lumamancer hit me for like eleven that turn, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And I was just yeah. like, I was like, oh okay, I'm just, I'm just very dead. Cool. <laughs> All right. Essence infusion. Thank you. Essence Infusion. No that's the one. No worries. Yeah. My favorites for the year were Call Time right at the top, firmly, and then as a fair jump down to AFR, I think was my second favorite, then Strixhaven. Um, it was close between these two. Pretty close. I played both of them quite a bit. And then Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Um, Crimson Vow just still had like I still have only played a handful of drafts for whatever reason. I just haven't left any Crimson Vow event feeling like, hey, that was great. I really want to draft this again and build X deck. 
you know, mm. which is normally what happens. Like I'll lose to something in a draft environment or I'll even, or I'll win, you know, and if I win, I'm like, this was great. I can't wait to draft it again. This deck was fun to play. Or if I lose, I'm like, oh, I got to try that. In Crimson Vow, for whatever reason, like all three of my drafts or something have been like, okay, I think this deck is pretty good. And then I run into some, maybe I win a match, but then I lose the next two. And it's like, nah, I didn't really like what my opponents were doing. <laughs> And my deck sucks. Actually, too, yeah, I'm going to reevaluate mine because I've I have, I've actually now that I'm thinking about it more, I found Crimson Vow to be more bomb heavy than mm-hmm. Midnight Hunch. Which so here's so here's the thing because it's it's trying to disentangle the draft format as it as a whole with how the draft format played on Arena, right? Because mm-hmm. when the draft for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms developed. Uh, after the first couple weeks, it was basically, if you're not red, black, you're losing, which was bad, right? Like you, mm-hmm. like the red, black aggressive deck with that goblin and, and sacrifice stuff like that, that just rolled over everything else. And that was bad, but I liked the, I liked that format beforehand. Conversely, midnight hunt, uh, we had, day one of that format LSV famously streaming for like seven hours doing nothing but force blue black and never drop a game. And it was like, Oh great. It's this problem again, but that all, that all course corrected. And then midnight hunt was actually a pretty healthy format with a diversity of decks and colors. And like, yeah, the blue black deck was good, but it, it, but it was, but there, there were other decks that were also very good and you weren't like, you didn't feel like you'd biffed it if you weren't in the blue black deck. So, I don't know. Maybe Crimson Vow is actually at the bottom of my list as well. I huh. got I got through some AFR drafts victoriously when I wasn't red black. So um, did I, but early in the format. <laughs> okay, I had my very last one was actually just a crazy green white deck, but uh, I think it it is true though that like. Midnight Hunt, LSV figured this out. I don't think he was the only one. I think it was like Blue Black was fairly popular in in draft, like Mm -hmm. uh, in the early days of the the release of the set. And like before, by the time you could get the thing on paper, like by the time the actual release had happened, it had settled. Like Blue Black was no longer, it only took like a couple weeks of like, oh, you have to draft Blue Black before people were like, okay, well, if everyone's drafting Blue Black, then the following cards get a bit better because there's no good Blue Black common answer to. I didn't even think it was a couple weeks. That's the thing. The meta moved so quickly on Arena. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like maybe eight days or something like that. I I don't know exactly. But certainly within a month of uh, Midnight Hunt coming out, it was like, yeah, you can definitely be green-white. You can definitely be green-red. You can be blue-red. Here's how you do it. Um, So I totally agree. Whereas with AFR, it was like, it seemed to slowly creep up that like, oh, you can be red-black and have a really consistent red-black sacrifice theme where you steal their creatures and sacrifice them to Sepulcher Ghoul. And like, mm-hmm. it's pretty good against bombs because you can steal their bomb creature. Um, and then as the format developed, it was like, oh, red-black's theme is actually also treasures. So you can just be like a low-to-the-ground red-black sacrifice curve and just splash whatever bomb people pass you. <laughs> Even if it's Tiamat, you'll just cast Tiamat off treasures. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> And that's kind of how the format ended. And that is a stroke against um, AFR. I just think that AFR was like kind of one of the most important things, if not like the, the most important set that came out last year mm-hmm. uh, where like, you know, D and D and magic are finally together. And I really think thematically, like a, as a, like a Vorthos or whatever, like the, the lore and the feel of the format was a total home run. Not that there were other home runs like Caldheim and Strixhaven were both good as well, mm-hmm. but 
just it just seemed like there was a lot riding on AFR, and I appreciate that I got through that whole draft format, like all of all of those weeks. I still wanted to play, even though I knew like okay, I should probably try to be red black. That right. just didn't bother me as much. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. I um I was thinking about it and I realized that the decks that I liked drafting the most from my two favorites, Strixhaven and Kaldheim, were very similar in that they were like multicolored dirtle around and then do big stuff decks. Hmm. Like the in Kaldheim, the path to the world tree. Mm-hmm the one in a green enchantment that you get to go look for a basic. And then if you pay, it's like two mana plus a mana of every color. Mm -hmm. Then you like gain two life and draw two cards and make a bear and your opponent, you, or you deal two damage to a creature. It's, it was this like just this ridiculous, weird uncommon that did like a bunch of stuff. So yeah, it was target opponent loses two life. You gain two life and draw two cards. It deals two damage to a creature, and you make a two-two bear. Uh, and so it was like path to the world tree, and a bunch of snow. You were like base green blue snow stuff with as many Berg Striders as you would <laughs> as people would pass you because Berg Strider was just an unreally good card. Yep, it was the four-four uh, snow giant for five. That if you cast with snow, well, it was ETB tap a creature, but if you cast it with snow, then that creature didn't untap during its controller's next untap step. It's just Chili B on the floor, right? Like every time yeah. you give us five mana frost breath on a body, we're going to play Chili B it. on the floor. Yeah. Or, so, or yeah. big frost links, if you want to say it that way. Frost links are usually pretty good too, but for whatever reason, if you make frost links a five drop, it's better. Yeah. So anyway, that was a similar thing where you just cast all the, all the, random bombs in other colors uh and then of course i've mentioned before strixhaven is just like big teamer stupidity mm. yeah right that you're just like yeah i'll take all these seven and eight mana spells that's fine and maybe you'll time warp too put it back on the top with biblioplex done that before <laughs> yep it's yep, possible so that I did have more fun playing the Strixhaven games than the AFR games. They and were I just, really fun. I just wistfully attached to AFR as a, you know, a dork. Right. <laughs> right. Like that's, there's both things are valid. Right. So yeah. maybe if I like tried to very logically separate it, it's like Strixhaven is a peg higher than AFR. Cause Strixhaven didn't have the problem that like there was one deck that was the best. You could, you know, you could definitely be all five decks. Yeah, I think oh, I think red blue plenty. Yeah, I think red blue and green black were both kind of the bottom, right? Like they weren't as popular. It was a bit harder to make them work, in my opinion, what I saw. But, uh, in, but in, still, you could do it in Strixhaven. In Strixhaven, yeah, yeah. Like getting, I don't know. Did you go Prismari often? You went Teamer plenty, right? Yeah, but I went Prismari occasionally. But I I preferred I preferred Teamer because it's like field trip, right? Yeah, like ramps you and goes and gets your environmental sciences. And getting and then, to play the off-color, like, blue-green cram sessions so that you would just, like, be able to load up on bonus spells, right? Like, cram yeah. session, a black card ostensibly, like, but you can play it in teamer because it's also hybrid green. Mm-hmm. Really good blue card, right? Where it's just, like, two mana, spell, doesn't need a target. Yeah. You can always cast it, and then it hits your learn board for a second spell for another two or three mana, right? And then Quandrix, pl- not the Pledge Mage. The apprentice? Oh, 
apprentice to go get lands off the top of your library. Yeah. Right. I love also casting, yeah. casting um, or having a Quandrix apprentice in play. And then, like I said, casting field trip is very good, but uh, particularly the, um, I don't remember the name of the card. It's the one with Kesmina on it. It's the card draw spell. Yes. Uh, Mentor's Guidance. Thank you. Mentor's mm-hmm. Guidance. So it's two and a blue draw a card or scry one and draw a card, but you copy it. If you control uh, a planeswalker, cleric, druid, shaman, warlock, or wizard. So if you have the, you put the apprentice out on turn two and then you cast mentors guidance. So the apprentice triggers, you get a land out of your deck, then you scry one and then draw a card. And then you do all of that again. Again, I think I said this, did I say this exact thing last week? I've talked Welcome about this back recently. to Tap Tap Alzheimer's. Where <laughs> you don't, don't want to do it. Anything ever. Yeah, you don't want to actually do that on turn two into three because then you have too many cards in your hand. But the point mm-hmm. is, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. Anyway, um, should we move on to something that feels uh, uh, sad, at least, or unfortunate, which is a shame, which is that um, uh, Unfinity has been delayed. Hmm. Yeah, bummed about sorry, that. you too. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, I'm we sorry didn't, for me too, but yeah, we uh, did not know about this ahead of anybody else because um, they're under no obligation to keep us informed about these things. So, it, and what all, are you going to do about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This all came up like while James and I were streaming. We were like, oh, right. what? So yeah, it's um, COVID-related supply chain challenges, which sucks. And so it was going to be released on April Fool's Day, April 1st, 2022 and it's being delayed until the second half of 2022. So, so you're telling me the Ever Given was full of boxes of infinity. It seems likely at this point. That's yeah. why it actually they were trying to Tokyo drift through the <laughs> Suez Canal to get it to us <laughs> sooner and uh the gamble did not pay off. Yep. Darn. Yep. Oh well. I don't know how that's going to affect um, scheduling for stuff we have planned, but we'll, we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, update there. Following on from last week, we talked about the Popper format panel, or the PFP, which was the group of folks coming together to discuss changes for the Popper format to actually get some like get something moving. Uh, from Wizards in terms of uh, bans and and such for the format, and they've already made a banned and restricted announcement. And they've banned three cards. Uh, Atog, Bonder's Ornament, which is a card I have never heard of, and Prophetic Prism. And there is a, uh, there's a video, because um, there's one of Gavin's uh, Good Morning Magics where he goes into it, but also um, there's a deeply deeply involved article on the mothership uh, going into each of these bands and why, um, uh, which I'll maybe just read a bit about. Um, so uh, let's talk about Atog first. Good old actual Atog mm-hmm. uh, from Antiquities? Antiquities, first yeah. printing in the second expansion of Magic. Yeah. So it's uh, one and a red for a one-two creature. And you sacrifice an artifact to give Atog plus two plus two until end of turn. Or, if I may, from the original printing, for zero mana, colon, plus two plus two until end of turn, 
Each time you use this ability, you must choose one of your artifacts in play and place it in the graveyard. This artifact cannot be one that is already on its way to the graveyard, and artifact creatures killed this way may not be regenerated. <laughs> Gotta get all the closet or the, 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 the corner cases in there. Yeah, Early exactly. R&D really wanted to let us know you can't sacrifice a permanent for two different purposes. Mm-hmm. I love I love the term on its way to the graveyard. It's yeah. like, oh, you killed my thing. All right, I'll just pick it up and I'll put it over. Ooh, but oh. wait. <laughs> uh, so the reasons. Why, so why is Atog banned in Popper? Uh, the the lead line here is the first and clearest thing to us is that something from Affinity needed to go. There are two primary reasons. One, its popularity and impact are extremely high. To help quantify this, we took a look at the play numbers of Magic Online, where it's the most popular deck, over twice as popular as the next most played deck. While it is surprisingly not dominant in overall win rate, this is in part because it is metagame warping. <laughs> yeah, mirror matches don't uh, affect win rate, right? Yeah. yeah, and the play pattern of the deck can be very non-interactive and frustrating, killing in ways that happen quickly and cannot be blocked. A lot of kills are fueled by... Atog and Disciple of the Vault, or Atog with Fling or Wedding Invitation to do a, quote, count to 20 style kill. <laughs> so, um, we know Atog is a beloved card that's been something people have enjoyed since it first appeared in Antiquities. There's a lot of people who like that Popper has a chance to play with this card, so we did investigate several other options. We first talked about Disciple of the Vault. So, a reminder, Disciple of the Vault is a single black mana for a 1-1 human cleric. Whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may have target opponent lose one life. And this card did get banned in standard back in like 2004 or something. I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. it has been banned before. Um, They say a lot of the powerful starts are fueled by Atog with multiple disciples. However, Atog is the real problem card, giving you a free repeated sacrifice outlet that can deal the bulk of the damage. Without Disciple, we predict you would see a movement to more flings or wedding invitations. Disciple was not even a card played in some previous versions of the deck. We also talked about banning the Modern Horizons 2 bridges, which would put the deck back to where it was before Modern Horizons 2. However, that was still not good. Other decks use the bridges. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth noting that um, Affinity was in check before Modern Horizons 2 gave it this awesome new tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they do say, yes, we we could try banning one or two bridges, but that's a very surgical approach that has no guarantee to solve the issue given the number of colors Affinity plays. Additionally, we think there might be enjoyable versions of Affinity that use the bridges, but don't have Atog to kill quickly. The quick kills from Atog are a big part of the issue. Uh, they looked at banning Deadly Dispute as well, uh, which is Deadly the one Dispute's from AFR. incredible in the deck. Yeah. So it's a one in a black instant as an additional cost to cast it. Sacrifice a creature or artifact, and you draw two cards and create a treasure token, which is itself an artifact. And, the, yeah, a piece of your situation, obviously. An artifact yeah. that fuels all your other cards. And the thing you're sacrificing is probably an Icar Wellspring. Mm. So it sort of feels like Ancestral Recall. It requires some setup from these other cards, but you have this this bauble on the table that's going to draw you a card if you can sacrifice it, and then you sacrifice it, and this even gives you a, a mana back through the treasure token, so for one mana, you draw three cards. Pretty typical play pattern. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So, yeah, basically, they're, you know, you can read the article for the in-depth, uh, for the in-depth breakdown, but, you know, they're like, we figured Atog was the problem, but we didn't want to be like, alright, well, we just ban Atog. So we looked at 
many other options and what that would do. And we kept coming back to it and realized, no, it really does have to be ATOG. Uh, and they finished that section by saying, finally, because I'm sure some people will be curious, with ATOG banned, we think there's a decent chance we can return Sojourner's Companion to the deck in a future banned and restricted announcement, because this one's currently banned. This is seven mana for a 4-4 artifact creature salamander <laughs> with affinity and artifact land cycling for two. I did not know that was banned. Yeah. However, we don't want to make any changes. We don't want to make that change currently. We want to see how affinity turns out after these bans first. So um, they say most of you likely expected an affinity ban. The other ones might take more explanation. So let's dig in. So the other ones, they are grouping together. So prophetic prism, um, we've, we, we, or at least I'm fairly familiar with. Um, it's two mana for an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card, and then for one and tap, add one mana of any color. So Prophetic Prism filters your mana, also ETB draw a card. Mm-hmm. So that, they're grouping together with Bonder's Ornament, which is a three mana artifact, tap to add one mana of any color, and then for four and tap, each player who controls a permanent named Bonder's Ornament draws a card. Uh, this was printed in, it looks like Commander 20. Icoria. Icoria. Oh, okay. Commander. Commander Icoria, right? Not not regular Icoria. Yes. The command, Commander Icoria. Yes. Okay, so this is from a this is from a Commander deck exclusively. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then it either was a common in its first printing on Commander, and so then just Yeah, it's only the got the one deck. printing. Okay. It was All right, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe yeah. it snuck into uh, Modern Horizons as well or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so just Commander, sorry. So, um, with the ATOG ban locked in, we looked for what other deck might emerge and be a new problem. We all agreed we needed to hit something from the Urzatron decks. The reasons are many. The data bears out that Tron is extremely powerful. Its win rate on Magic Online Leagues is among the highest, even higher than Affinity, though there was less hate being played against Tron. And when you look at its matchup win percentages after sideboarding, it had a positive win rate against almost every deck. Affinity was advantaged against Tron in Game 1, while Tron did move to an advantaged matchup post-board, it involved bringing in a lot of cards. With it, with Affinity substantially weakened, because they banned Atog, it opened Tron up to reclaim the spot. Pre-Modern Horizons 2, the last time many players would say that we had a stable popper format, Tron was the most dominant deck. Tron pushes out a lot of mid-range control decks, and we banned Expedition Map last year to try and make an impact, but that ban ended up doing very little. Tron's been really good in popper for a long time. Like It's usually yeah. part of the conversation, if not... Best the deck, conversation. One of the best decks, yeah. yeah. So they say, we investigated several possible bans here to moderate the deck, but not to remove it entirely. While it's possible at some point we could we could entirely ban the deck by way of removing the Urzatron lands, we'd much rather find ways to reduce its power before going to such an extreme step. I'd like you to walk through what we didn't hit and then the reasons why we hit the cards we did. One card we looked at was Moments Piece, because the deck uses it to time walk the aggressive decks until it can stabilize. Uh, its synergy with mystical teachings is also problematic. A single teaching represents four skipped combat steps. <laughs> Woof. However, there are a lot of replacements for Moments Peace. Tangle, while weaker, it does a lot of what Moments Peace does. Uh, res- respite, respite is a card you could consider. With Affinity gone, there's also a higher chance that Tron lists could simply play additional copies of Stonehorn Dignitary, <laughs> which is the the rhino that makes people skip their combat phase. Mm. Additionally, this only hits Tron on the axis of weakening it aggress- uh, against aggressive decks. So we looked at Mystical Teachings itself. The toolbox engine of the deck is a huge strength where it can find whatever it needs in the long game. Tutor with flashback certainly fits the bill for a bannable card. 
However, replacing the teachings engine with more raw card draw with cards like Compulsive Research or Forbidden Alchemy, the latter of which digs for answers, would make the deck a little less versatile, but still powerful in a lot of the same ways. Finally, Mystical Teachings is a card that was previously played in blue-black control decks, a deck that mostly vanished from the meta because of other pressures, but might be able to return at some point. We looked at Crop Rotation, a card that you can teachings for to make sure you hit your Tron consistently. They usually play two, however, that only slightly hits the deck's consistency. It just doesn't do enough to that they don't think banning it would, uh, would help. Finally, we looked at bands that would impact the loops this deck can create with Mnemonic Wall and Ghostly Flicker or Ephemerate. It's possible some of these blink cards might end up being a health issue for the format in the future. However, those pieces have significant redundancy. Ghostly Flicker, Ephemerate, Displace, and play only a small role in the deck's plan with one or two copies that are tutorable by Mystical Teachings. So they they continue. However, as we were looking at these options, above all else, there's one thing that Tron decks get to do here that is wildly powerful. Have access to tons of mana and play all the best cards of all the colors. Yep. The fact the deck can play all five colors for free is largely on the back of Bonder's Ornament and Prophetic Prism. Looking at what makes this deck so strong, it's casting things like Mystical Teaching for whatever the best answer is in any color and having access to anything post-sideboard. Uh, Bonder's Ornament is the more problematic of the two, it was never really intended for competitive constructed formats as a card that is only at common as a technicality of how we do rarity in commander decks. <laughs> and it allows Tron to never run out of gas, keeping base with keeping pace with both the monarch decks and any control deck effortlessly. This is a huge problem. <laughs> uh, we talked about banning just ornament, but we didn't think it would be enough. The five color Tron decks thrived before ornament as well. And Prophetic Prism is a card which has long been a staple of decks trying to play as many colors as possible with Tron Chief among them. Uh, I'm I'm summarizing and abridging a lot of this article. I do encourage you to read it if you're into Popper and want to read a deep dive onto onto all these bands. Um, additionally, a small part of Prism's ubiquity has been that it helps make another powerful engine, Flicker Effects, also not dead. So Ghostly Flicker can always cantrip with a Prism on the board, and this slightly reduces the power of Ghostly Flicker both here and in other decks. Because Ghostly Flicker, a reminder, is two and a blue for an instant, and you get to blink, which is to say exile, and then return to the battlefield immediately two artifacts creatures and or lands you control so you can be like the thing i actually want to do and then also my prophetic prison just to draw a card and so it's like oh okay um on a larger format scale we think cards that let you easily play all five colors for free are probably not healthy for the format Prism has done that for a while. To be clear, Manalith and Mana Silix are not an issue. We're not going down some ban everything until Manalith is too good path. Hmm. <laughs> this issue concerns having the mana to cast combined, uh, having the mana to cast combined with returning your card. The philosophy here is not that different from banning Arkham's Astrolabe, which has seen bans in multiple formats for both power and enabling access to colors too freely. Hmm. So. Uh, they say, with the color-fixing ban, we expect to see more teamer-centered Tron decks focused around turboing into big creatures. There's a version right now being played by a player named Horobi on Magic Online called Cascade Tron that has cards like Maelstrom Colossus, Boarding Party, and Annoyed Altasaur that sees powerful gameplay, but is also more answerable than the current five-color control versions. So... Finally, like, Sojourner, like Sojourner's Companion in Affinity, it's possible we could return Expedition Map in a future ban and restricted update, but we're going to see how Tron shakes out before we do that. So, so there we go. Big changes to Popper. Yeah, I think Popper players should generally be happy about this overall. I'm not sure if everyone's going to agree that these are the best 
ways to target these decks, but of course, popper players were waiting for something to happen to Affinity because it's taken up such a huge part of the metagame. I, I wanted to cut in earlier with like talking about how Affinity doesn't have the highest win rate, but because it's it's metagame warping, right? So it's like one of those yeah. other decks in the mix there. I know it was like Jeremy White's like blue white disenchants or something. <laughs> like I can't remember what entirely the deck was, but I, I saw a good tweet of his where it was just like, I have three dust to dust in my hand, and my opponent is probably Affinity. I will keep, or or it was game two, and he's mm-hmm. getting ready to just card advantage the artifact deck in, in, into oblivion so like when people are taking those kind of steps you know you have an issue and that that's happened with affinity before in other formats um so it's good good things happening here steps being taken about uh obvious metagame problems and thorough explanations being given for the for the reasoning so even if you disagree you know that your format is now like being taken care of on a on another level than it was a month ago and we said that last week too but I think it bears repeating, given the, the chonkiness of this article hmm. that, that mm-hmm. we just went through. Um, Prophetic Prism has been in a lot of Popper decks, and like Popper leans on it heavily. So yeah, I think probably like the last time I was playing regularly, Tron and Boros were both using it about equally. And but it's I suppose it's more important to Tron. Boros just wanted to have cantrips that they could flicker with their Glint Hawks. Hmm. Um, so. Yeah, Tron will have to find another way. And I suspect they will, just because the payoff of having Tron Lance work, you know, if it's good enough for Modern, it's probably going to continue being good enough for Popper, but making making the, the deck builders have to work a little bit harder by taking out some of the enablers, I like. I think that's a decent move. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing how the metagame shakes out. There should be a, a big MTGO Popper tournament happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they do one every weekend or whatever, so we should have some metagame posts soon. It's curious to me the the one comment about how Bonders Ornament was a common by technicality, yeah, rather than intent. Because I've always wondered how they decide the rarities in Commander when it's like these cards only exist in this deck. Mm-hmm. This is the only place you can get them. But some of them are common, some of them are uncommon, some of them are rare. I have an answer are, for some that. Some of them are mythic. Uh, I mean, I I yeah. I was going to follow up with a little okay. bit, but you go. Well. Yeah, for, so for starters, they, I want to say like it could just be like throwing darts on a wall because it's important <laughs> to remember in the big picture of things, like when you see a rarity symbol on a booster pack, that relates to like thousands or millions or whatever of booster boxes being opened around mm-hmm. the world and like this rarity distribution meaning something within the, the pack. Whereas if you just buy one box set, it's like, yeah, it's commander. You have one of each card, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The rarity is one out of this box set. Yeah. But tempering that, the commander uh, decks come out in collections, usually of four, um, and so Bonders Ornament would have been in more than one of those decks. That's 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 why, yeah. That's, it was the same with, um, according to some popper, I'm popper discussions I'm reading right now. It was the same with Ash Barons. It was that Bonders Ornament was in, I think, all of the Ikoria commander decks. So it's technically it's a common. We're hmm. gonna say. I don't know, like, I, I don't understand the breakdown between rares and mythics necessarily. Um, I would love to know how they decide all of that. But yes, yeah. in this case, Bonders Ornament appeared in more than one of the Ikoria Commander decks. So by whatever internal system they use, it's it's a common. And so, whoops, guess it's in Popper. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe, like, the fact that the 
popper format panel has now been formed, you know, by Wizards of the Coast. Like we've got, you know, Gavin and whoever else that are paying attention to this and getting these, you know, changes kind of made at that level. Maybe it'll also reflect in future box set releases because they could have every card with a rare set symbol and it wouldn't matter to the buyer, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it does, it's mm -hmm. all, it's the, the rarity symbols don't mean anything inside of the, the box sets. Yeah. They should be a helpful guide for like telling you what reprints were printed at, right? Mm -hmm. But if they just decided that no commander card that's new and hasn't been printed a common before in a commander box set will ever be printed a common again, unless we specifically are trying to inject popper, that I think would be a healthy decision, right? Because it, it doesn't cost them anything, right? We don't yeah. need to have commons in our commander decks. We can just sell people 100 rares for $30 or whatever it is, or $60. I don't know, I don't yeah. know anymore. Inflation's pretty crazy where I live. Make them all, you know, at least make them all like uncommon at minimum. Yeah. So that you don't up upheave <laughs> popper every single time you do a new, a new precon commander deck. Right. I mean, artisan is the thing too, maybe. So like make them all rare yeah. or make them all mythic, whatever, whatever you decide. If, if there's consideration for these other formats, I think that's wise. That's true. Hmm. And free. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't harm any other format if they're all rare. Yeah. Right. What, what's the, what's, what's the Joe Biden meme? Guess what? Hurts. Nobody creates jobs. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is it's like he's whispering i don't know the whole quote um, i don't know either yeah you can hit me in the comments <laughs> all right uh was there anything else that we wanted to touch on before presumably we dive headfirst into the world of kamigawa spoilers next week god i cannot think of anything okay then we don't have to that's fine yeah, I think we can call that an episode. Okay. All right. Let's call it an episode. Great. If you also don't know what else to say until Kamigawa spoilers come out <laughs> and you're reading threads about people grabbing their pets with their hand, <laughs> head on over to cardkingdom.com and get yourself some, uh, you know, booster boxes that are already available for pre-sale. You won't know what's inside of them yet, but you'll know that you're getting them from a great store with great shipping. And if you hit carding.com forward slash LRR and ask for a button, they'll know we sent you and you'll get a button that says, Hey, you're brainstoning wrong. And we need to talk about it. <laughs> they uh, also over at card kingdom, they've just put up, um, they've got pre-orders up this week for commander collection black. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if uh, that's the thing you're into, uh, I was retooling a commander deck for the episode of Friday Night Paper Fight we're doing this evening, and I threw in some. Finally, got to throw in some stuff from Commander Collection Green. Granted, it was only the Command Tower and the Sol Ring, but I was like, this works. Um, it's uh, Command Tower, Sol Ring, Ghoul Caller, Gisa, Liliana, Heretical Healer, um, and then the that flips into Defiant Necromancer, Ophiomancer, Phyrexian Arena, Reanimate, Toxic Deluge, and a snake token for the Ophiomancer. Yeah. Awesome. Finally. Finally. The 2-2 two, two black death touch snake. So 1-1. One, uh, one. Ophiomancer makes a 1-1. One, one. Ophiomancer is a 2-2, two, two, but the sorry, token's a 1-1. One, one. Sorry, it's a double side. I, I tell you what got confused there. The token is double-sided. and for the, the back Liliana zombie? Is a zombie, yes. Got it. So I was I, I was reading the wrong part of the... Th You're absolutely right. It's a 1-1 one, one snake. I don't know. It even says it right there. I could have used all of my eyes instead of 
the stupid. It's all right. Ones. It's <laughs> my fault for belligerently knowing what a fiamat is. <laughs> How I'm dare sorry. you? I'm sorry. Uh, you can support uh, Nelson's Afiamancer knowledge also at our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run um, because you help us do everything that we do and we tremendously appreciate it. Help me and stop casting Afiamancer. <laughs> Until no. next time. I, I've been Graham joined by Cameron huh? and Nelson. I was also here. And James or er, Paul was here running the tech. Sorry. We're still not used to that. We'll be back in the studio at some point. We'll, we'll get back in there. Uh, Paul's been here running tech, and Heather gets these online. And uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.